Hello and welcome to In the Days of Noor with me, Noor, where we talk about Islamic-related topics and social issues. So there was recently a post going around of a young man and his mother, and essentially he's this really bratty teen. He gets a thousand dollars allowance a month, and he wants fifteen hundred more so that he can buy all these designer clothes. And his mother is just you know, overwhelmed with him, typical kind of situation. This is from the Dr. Phil show. And I will say that I think the Dr. Phil show can be exploitive. I haven't personally watched it, watched an episode in years, but every once in a while there'll be these clips that go viral. And I do think that, you know, I guess TV, a lot of TV in a sense, is exploitive because people have real mental issues, real behavioral issues, and I don't think that needs to just be fodder for a television show or for the internet. Um, these people could use serious help, and you know, inshallah, they they do get it, but at what price? And unfortunately, because of the internet being what it is, these people just become these internet celebrities, and they don't get really. They don't get real help. They only get worse over time. Or they're exploited for this short period of time. They become famous and they're all over the place. And then sooner or later, you never hear about them again. And hopefully they're fine. But I think that can be a really strange position when you become famous for being bad, essentially. Or being bad or being weird or or being whatever the socially unacceptable thing is. And then so people are entertained with you and then they sort of just throw you away. I'm, I'm sure that's a really strange position to be in, especially for these younger um, teenagers. But nevertheless, I wanted to talk about the video to comment on a few things. And inshallah ta'ala, I'll do a YouTube version of this episode so I can include the clip. But right now, I'll just talk about it. So as I said... This young man, he's getting $1,000 a month from his mom. His mom's a single mother. And he wants $1,500 more to support his designer spending habit. And it's interesting because, you know, when when I was younger, honestly, until just a few years ago, I think until right before I got married, then I got allowance. I got allowance for most of my life. So... You know, I'm not, I can't really be against allowance, but giving a teenager a thousand dollars, that's like, that's like the kind of money you would give if you were well off and you wanted to help your kid pay their rent, right? Like if they were off on their own and you wanted to help pay their rent, maybe that would pay half or a third or whatever. But a thousand dollars a month for someone who's living in your household, that's a lot of, I think they call it this discretionary spending when you have like extra money um that's not used for essentials that's a lot of money for a teenager to have like that's a scary amount of money for a teenager to have I really and it's funny because if this was a young man who was industrious in some way he could really (laughs) he could he could have his own side business I mean just imagine the amount of products he could buy, the amount of t-shirts he could buy and, and, you know, make something and sell or um, even buying phones and reselling something, you know. 
with a thousand dollars. I mean, that's a significant amount of money that he's spending on designer clothes that his mother's allowing him to spend on designer clothes. Because even as a mom, if for some reason it's glad it's excuse me, it's good that she has it like that where she can give him a thousand dollars a month, that's great. But if you're gonna give a kid that kind of money he should have some kind of direction of what he's going to do with that. I don't see why you'd be throwing this money away on a teenager. And $1,000 a month, you save that, that's $12,000 a year. A couple of years, that's $50,000. I mean, if she was saving that for him, he could go to school, all expenses paid. If she wanted to give him some money so he could live on his own and, and help him the first couple years of his, of his um, you know, life on his own or the first year or first couple months, whatever, that would be great as well. But to just give him money to throw away is really unfortunate. I mean, that's a whole other story, but um, that's really unfortunate. So, you know, a lot of people online we're saying, oh, look at this single mother, and this is abusive, and look at the way that this young man is being raised, and essentially putting all this blame on this single mother for raising her son poorly. And of course, there's no doubt that she's not raising him in the best of manners if you're raising a spoiled brat. At the same time, it's really unfortunate to keep placing so much blame on single mothers. It's like it's almost kind of hilarious to me because how can you place all the blame on the parent who stayed, right? This child was created by two people and one of them decided to stay and the other one decided to leave. So instead of recognizing that this is the product of a fatherless home, not this is the fault of a single mother. No, this is the fault of a fatherless home then we place it on the single mother. It's just so strange. Because whatever shortcomings you have as a parent, and this is whether it's a single mother or a single father, but of course it's usually the mother that stays to raise her children, whatever fault you find in that parent, they are doing the best that they singularly can. If there was a father in that home, Fathers usually provide discipline. It's highly unlikely that he would just watch as his wife throws away $1,000 a month on their son. Um, and in the clip, it said that she was working 120 hours. So that's a real issue as well. Some parents, they work so much. They feel they have to work so hard. And the way that they make it up is by spending a lot of money on their child. And we may say, oh, that's wrong. He needs time, not stuff. But you know what I realize? If you're a parent and you have to work crazy hours, if you just don't have time, I completely understand why you would give stuff. It's all you have to give. You don't have time to give. You only have stuff. So it would be strange to say, don't give him stuff, and also you can't give him time, so then what? What are you doing to show this kid that you love them? Now, of course, I would say that, that people should, preferentially, you make time. You figure out how to spend more time with your kid. 
but I don't blame anyone who says, you know what, I can't spend time with you, but here's this amount of money. It's not the same. In fact, obviously it can harm the child, but I don't know that doing nothing would be better than that. The best thing you could do is, is to try and find that quality time. But it's not easy, and for some people it's not possible. The other thing is that it's too much pressure on a single mother to be asked to be both the mother and the father. So some people, of course, are saying that she's spoiling him. She's being too generous, and I'm sure they use worse language than that, but um, that was essentially the, the issue that people had with it. But the funny thing is that your mother is supposed to be the one that always loves you, that's always merciful to you, that always is showing you love no matter what. You know, as the saying goes, if no one loves you, your mother loves you, right? If no one believes you, your mom is going to believe you. That even for the worst, the worst, uh, most despicable human being, there is a mother <laughs> that loves that person, right? Everyone has one person in their life, at least, that loves them, and that's their mother. Of course, unfortunately, with few exceptions. But your mother is supposed to be the one that loves you no matter what, that puts up with you no matter what. And so to say to the mother, oh, you're spoiling him, you need to be harsher or stricter, it's not fair for the mother to, to try and take on the role of the mother and the father. Here's the issue, though. He does need a father, right? He does need a... Um, he needs a disciplinarian. Sure, the mother could try and take on that role, but why? Why should she have to reach into that masculine energy and pretend, <laughs> attempt to be the man of the house? And really and truly, you're dealing with a teenage boy. There's only but so much you're going to do. He's not scared of you, right? So what we rather need to be saying to women like this is that your son needs a male figure. And, you know, if you can't get him a male figure, then you need to put him somewhere. You need to put him in a military program, a all-boys boarding school, something that is very strictly regimented, disciplined, men who aren't going to put up with his nonsense, um, a couple years ago, then one of my sisters, she went with her kids, and a lot of people, a lot of people that we know do this, went with her kids to Senegal to study Arabic. And she went with, um, also one, another one of my nephews went with them. So mostly boys and one girl, really, because the other girl's too young. And the older girl, she hated it. And the older boys, eventually, they learned to, they didn't learn to love it, but they learned to put up with it. And actually, my eldest nephew ended up enjoying it um, a lot or appreciating it a lot. And, you know, we were just talking about it and, and me and my mom talked about it as well. And that, you know, for, because in that Quran school, like, for better or worse, like in a lot of these Quran schools, then children do get beat and the teachers can be harsh and there's a lot of discipline and it, it's not a fun environment. 
you have to straighten up and, you know, do do the right thing. And we're not even talking about morally or characterized. You say that verse correctly or you might get hit. Now, they weren't like that with all the kids, which is, you know, that's its own nuance. But in general, that's how the school was. And for a for a mother, first and foremost, for a mother, it's very hard to know that that's going on and allow it to go on. It's very hard to to watch it, to see it, to hear about it. And they didn't they didn't end up staying there for some time, uh, excuse me, for as long as they planned to. But I think for boys, it's incredibly valuable that at some point a mother lets go. And as long, you know, you have to trust the men that you are entrusting your child to, of course. You have to trust that they're not going to take it too far. You don't want your kid to be abused. But you also have to let go to some degree and say, you know what? This young man needs to be around men. I can't baby him. I can't every time he says, you know, this is too hard or I don't want to, then I give it. I can't do that. He has to learn how to be a man. He has to learn how to earn his place in the world, how to work for what he um work for everything that he gets, how to make something of himself out there in the world to prove himself. Because you don't have to prove yourself with your mom, right? You don't have to prove yourself with your mom. Your mom loves you no matter what. Um, But you have to prove yourself out there in the world. And young men especially need to learn that. Now, I know what some people will say, oh, well, young women need to learn that as well. It's not the same because for us as as women and, and girls, then our bodies, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created our bodies in a way that we have to take on a certain level of responsibility solely because of our bodies. And so we don't have to go through a process in the outside world to learn to be responsible and work for what we get and all that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gives us a menstruation cycle. So you better learn how to take care of yourself as a young woman. He he gives us the ability to have children. So you better learn how to watch yourself as a young woman. You can't be out there and doing whatever you want because there are consequences in your body. So you learn as a young woman to be responsible for yourself. Now that doesn't mean you don't need guidance. We still need the guidance from other women. We still need protection from men, you know, so that we don't get played out in the world by by men who are going to tell you the right thing and then put you in a situation where you're not being responsible for yourself. But it's different. It's different. Women, the interesting thing in when you think about the psychology and thinking about the Freudian complex is that Young boys, all children, boys and girls, they first identify with their mother because you're of your mother. You came out of your mother and then she uh, breastfeeds you. I know not all mothers do, but she breastfeeds you. Or even if she bottle feeds you, it's usually going to be your mom doing that. She's your first caregiver. She's usually your primary caregiver as well. And so boys and girls both identify with their mother. But as you get older, boys recognize, oh, I'm not a girl. 
I'm not going to grow into being a woman like my mom. I'm like my dad. And so they have to be able to identify with that and be given a pathway to manhood and learn how to walk towards that. And that means detaching from mom. For little girls, we don't have to break off from that identification. Oh, I'm a little girl and I'm going to grow up to be a woman just like my mom. So that level of detachment, it never has to happen. Now, there's going to be some there's going to be some detachment because you are you do still have to grow into your own woman and figure out what kind of woman you want to be, but it's always there's always going to be a level of intimacy in the relationship that's different than a boy's going to have with his mother because that identification is still there. And so a man is going to force another man, a young man, to prove himself as a man. It's not going to be handed to him. But what happens when there's an absence, when there's a hole, when there is no man? Well, then you as a young boy, you're going to grow into that space of filling that void of manhood. But the problem is you don't know how to be a man. So you're the man of the house without ever having to go through any obstacles to go from boyhood to manhood. And your mother can't do that for you. Of course, some some women are going to try and they may go further into their masculine to try and do that. But you're still not a man. Your son is not afraid of you. The thing about the relationship between men and between sons and fathers is that there's always some level of aggression. That doesn't mean anyone's fighting anyone, right? Hopefully not. But there still is that primal level of aggression where it's like in that, um, what do they call that, subhanAllah, in a more sort of, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting the word, but in a more sort of basic instinctual way, it's like I can take you out or he can, he can finish me. The father can hurt me, right? This father can... Um, if he wanted to, he could beat me up, right? That there's a there's a an aspect of fear that the son has for his father, and there's a level of aggression. So he's not going to try and come into his father's space, right? But when there is no father, when there's a void, a hole that needs to be filled, then he comes into that space without ever having to prove himself, without ever having to look his father in the eye, right, and say, "Well, I'm a man too." I respect you, I love you, you're my superior, but I'm a man too. And the, when the young man gets to that stage, he never has to do that. So everything is handed to him, even his manhood. So how is a mother going to teach a boy how to be a man? She can't do it. She cannot do it. And so we don't need to be saying to single mothers, you need to do a better job to raise your son. No, you need to outsource that job. You need to get him... And I think, unfortunately, in our society, it's probably a lot harder to get a father figure. If you can, if there is an uncle or there's an imam, someone that you think is a strong male figure that he can spend some time with. But even putting him in programs, even if you put him in, a, in karate, in boxing, in something, something that he can't quit, right? So you do... As the mother, you are going to have to put some rules in place 
you don't want to, you don't need to go completely into the masculine and try to be his father. You can't do that. But you can put some rules in place. You can make it so that you're not getting this allowance unless you go to your karate class or your boxing class where you're going to be pushed to your limits. Or you, and it, it all depends on this, on the severity of the situation. But at a basic level, he needs a father figure. He needs someone to look up to. He needs someone to prove his manhood to. It can't just be given to him for nothing. It can't just be handed to him. So whether that is um, a weekend class where he's with other men, it should def it should be something physical. It, it, maybe it doesn't have to be, but there's value in, in in for men, especially for young men, in it being something physical as well. But um, something where he's with other men and you're not around to say, oh, that was a little harsh. Or, oh, you know, it's okay. You'll do better next time. Oh, you did great. Something where he's away from you. And he has to be himself and prove his manhood to the other men around him, where you are not going to hand it to him. And that may be, um, so it may be as little as going to the weekend class where it's karate or, or whatever, boxing, or going to Quran class, or doing a program in the summer, some kind of military school going to leaving him in another country and putting him in a, like a Quran school. That is going to be necessary at some point. Um, you can't, and, and so my main point is just, we have to stop saying, oh, it's the fault of single mothers. It's the fault of not having a father. A mother can't do it all, and if it was just a father in that situation, a father can't do it all. If it's a single mother or a single father, though it's usually a single mother, all they can do is do the best they can. Because even if the mother is going to try and be more masculine and try and be more like a father figure, well, then who's going to be his mother? Right? You need the mother and the father to balance each other out. And even if she's like, oh, I'm going to be you know, the father figure half the time and the mother figure half the time. No, he needs both fully. Like You need that, that balance. And I know not everyone is traditionally masculine or traditionally feminine, but some things are going to come with all men and all women. And then other things are just going to be about having the balance of two different people and two different personalities. Um... So we can't say that the mother needs to do more. She's doing as best she can. And even the best of a single parent of, of a single parent will never be good enough. It will never be as good as having two parents. And even having two parents will never be as good as having two parents and extended family, right? Because even just the nuclear family, that's hard enough to raise a child with just two parents doing it completely on their own with no help from an extended family. The ideal is that you have two parents and the extended family. Um, but to just have one parent, that's an impossible task. And so instead of looking at this mother and saying she needs to do more, she's raised him wrong, we need to direct her or, or allow her, help her to acknowledge this young man needs a man to teach him how to be a man or men to teach him how to be men. You cannot do it on your own. So thank you all for listening. Inshallah ta'ala. Um, we'll be back with another podcast on Wednesday. Alhamdulillah, I'm really happy that 
we've been able to get back and we have some lives that we're going to be putting on the podcast and also some of my lectures as well will be on the podcast. So thank you all for continuing to tune in. And thank you to those of you who have rated the podcast on iTunes. I don't think I've ever asked you guys to do that. So I really appreciate that there were some of you who actually took the time to do it. And if more of you want to do that, then please do so. I was I was just so pleasantly surprised. I was just getting the link in order to share it on my Facebook. And I was really pleasantly surprised to see that there were seven ratings because I never asked, you know, anyone to, to rate it. So thank you to those of you who have rated the podcast. Anyone else, if you feel moved to do so, please do. And also don't forget that if you want to support my work, you can head over to patreon.com slash Knight. And lastly, I really, really apologize if there was a lot of noise in the background, I'm hoping it's not too bad. But if there was, then my apologies. Just a for tuning in and take care.